Welcome to the British Online School, where today we're going to be discussing education and motivation. To do so, we are pleased to welcome Jesson James. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and honour. Jesson James is an investor, author, motivational speaker, TV personality, coach, seven-time award-winning speaker, and can boast that over the last 18 months, he has generated over $100 million or pounds in sales for his clients. Jesson, I don't know really where to begin with you, except to ask, what is it that you do? What would you class yourself as? Do, do you know, that's an interesting, interesting question. What is it that I do? I, I think it's something my, my dad still asks me. Still, when are you going to get a real job? Um, so, <laughs> um, I, I suppose I'm a facilitator of change. If I, if I had to sign up, sum, summarize it, I'm a facilitator of change. And what that essentially means is, is, is I support people in their personal, professional and financial lives to facilitate change, to go from where they are right now, which, which might not be where they want to be, to, to a place where they feel happy and fulfilled. And I'm, I'm very grateful and blessed to be able to do that in various formats, whether that's speaking on stage all across the world or, or virtually like, like, you know, like doing Zoom sessions like this or being invited to be a, a incredible podcast like this. Oh, thank you very much. Um, so how did someone get into that then? Like, were you, were you born into a family filled with sort of all this enthusiasm and motivation or is it something you discovered yourself? Great question. No, absolutely not. I'm, I'm actually the only entrepreneur in my family. Um, I, I was born and bred in East London. I grew up in a very rough neighbourhood. Um, unfortunately, mum and dad, they came from Mauritius when, you know, they came to this country with a suitcase and probably like 50 quid in their pockets. Um, and they worked hard. They, they did what they could to, to provide for us. We never, we never went without food. We had a roof over our heads, but we, we lived in a very small, humble, terraced home. Um, and my parents gave me what they could afford, you know, and I remember distinctly at seven years old, going into school, being bullied for, you know, the way that I looked, my clothes. I was wearing secondhand clothes. I was wearing cheap trainers. Uh, and it wasn't nice. I mean, it's, it's not nice at any age, but, you know, when you're seven years old and you're trying to seek meaning and stuff and one wondering why are people being so mean, it's hard. So um, what I didn't realize at the time, what it did for me was create a desire to want more because I didn't quite understand why everybody else is wearing Reeboks and Nike Air Max and all this stuff. And I'm wearing cheap stuff, you know, and I couldn't understand why my parents couldn't afford it. And I, I resented them for a while because I thought, why can't you do it? And um, but what I realized was, is that I needed to do it myself at some point. And uh, I started my first business when I was 11 years old, um, selling fireworks in the playground, which didn't and go well down very well um, so, um and uh, and and yeah i just i was just fascinated with entrepreneurship and i i have ever since i i did lots of little things whilst i was in school and then um 24 years old i actually um i qualified from university as a psychiatric nurse i'm actually a psychiatric nurse by trade that's my background and um i i decided before i go into employment i'm going to try and launch a business again because you know, i love entrepreneurship so i did i launched a company Unfortunately, um, that failed. I made a massive minus £65,000 in three months, uh, which, <laughs> which hurts at any age. But when you're 24 years old, fresh out of university, already in debt, I think it's safe to say it hurts it a little bit more. Um, and and I, I just thought, you know what, I might as well go back going to work. So I did. I, I worked in the private sector as a nurse. I climbed the ranks real, real quick there. I became the youngest ward manager in the UK at 27 years old. Um, and I was given sales targets by my employer because it's private healthcare. So um, I made my employer six and a half million pounds in two years, which was great, um, selling beds for them. And then uh, tail end of the recession, July 2009, they told me that they don't need me anymore. Uh, and just like that, my job was taken away from me. So I don't know if any of your 
listeners can can uh, you know uh, you know remember a time where they felt betrayed or let down or stabbed in the back you know it's how I felt because I, I gave all my all to this company but it made me realize something and hopefully your listeners can 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 you know benefit from that lesson and that is nothing in life is secure unless you secure it yourself you know you've you've got to take responsibility for everything that happens for uh, to you and um I gave my boss permission to fire me the day I signed an employment contract it's one of the terms right it's, it's my last two hands you know so um anyway cut story short I decided to uh not work for anyone ever again uh, I decided to use what I already know which is healthcare I launched my own private healthcare company back in uh, December 2009 wasn't easy to, to get going. I, I don't want anyone listening thinking it's that, you know, it was a walk in the park. It was really, really hard. But to cut a long story short, that business uh, made me financially free at the age of 31 uh, and a millionaire two years later, which isn't bad for a nurse who got fired. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm very grateful and blessed to have gone on to create lots of different things. I've built, bought and sold multiple companies from hair and beauty salons to online stores to property to training companies to I've got a fragrance brand now. I've got a perfume company. Um, I do lots of great things, but my, my biggest passion and blessing is uh, is to be able to, 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 to go out and help people because, you know, money, cars, house, all that kind of stuff, they make you happy, but they don't create fulfillment. Fulfillment comes from giving back and helping others. And uh, I, I'm very grateful that now, you know, I, I retrained as a speaker in 2015 uh, and I've gone on to, to now be on stages all across the world in different countries, um, sharing the platforms with some incredible speakers. Um, people who I used to watch on stage myself, you know, people like Deepak Chopra and Robin Sharma and all these incredible people. And, um, you know, it's, it's just been a blessing and uh, to, to be able to touch the lives of thousands of people globally. And that's essentially uh, why I live now. I, I really, it's really my thing. I, it's my passion. I think I've really found it. That's, that's great to hear. Because actually my question was going to be following up to that is if you made all that money, then why did you, why do you carry on doing so much? Mm. But you've just answered it so is it that sort of fulfillment then that you sort of strive for every day yeah look I think and we see it we like we see it day in day out every person listening to this as must have seen at some point uh, a celebrity or a wealthy person go off and do charity work for example or open an orphanage adopt some kids go and travel the, the world helping you know you know foreign aid all that kind of stuff why do they do that it's it's not because they're, they're they're lacking happiness. It's because they're lacking fulfillment. There's something missing, and 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 I think you've got to understand that one, one, if you're not growing, you're dying. And if you just make money, and you sit there, then then what's going to happen? Like honestly, like for me, it's not about money. Like it's literally people think it's I'm crazy. It's not it's not about money. For me, money is a byproduct of the number of people you help. And 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 and, and my mom told me two things about money when I was growing up. Number one. When someone, meet, when someone meets you in the street, they're not going to ask you how much money you got in the bank. They're going to ask you, how are you? How's your family? Number two, when you leave this world, they're not going to bury you with it. So, <laughs> so yes, money's important, 110%. Um, you know, a lot of people say to me, hey, Jesson, but money doesn't buy you happiness. And I say, well, poverty doesn't buy you anything. But what does poverty buy you? More stress, more worry, more anxiety. I think money's an incredible tool. Money has no emotion. We're the ones who attach emotions to it. You know, money, money's a beautiful tool. It can, it can enhance your own life, but enhance other people's lives. And, you know, yes, I use money, you know, to, to, to live a nice life, but I also use money in lots of different ways. I, I give to charity, I help other people. I donate to families in need right here in the UK. Um, but I also use my funds to, to, to cover my lifestyle so I can go and speak. I can go and train. I can go and mentor people often for free. You know, so, you know, it's, yeah, it, it is, it, it's about fulfillment. It's not, it's not just about money.
Yeah, but did you? I was, I was obviously looking through a bunch of stuff you've done, and one of your, the quotes that came across yours, which I may think may have come from what your mum said by it, because it says, "You come into this world crying, and the world rejoices, but yet you leave the world, and the world starts crying, and you rejoice." Is, is that where that's come yeah. from? Then from listening to your mum. I'm sorry if I've yeah, I, I, it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually heard that quote. I heard that quote myself somewhere. I can't remember where I heard it. I heard it once myself, and. And, and it's true, like my mum's always, like, uh, be honest with you, my mum's, um, you know, my mum and my dad didn't teach me good money beliefs, um, you know, and I think a lot of us have inherited money patterns and blueprints from our parents, such as don't go into debt, don't spend too much, save your money, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, she didn't teach me great money beliefs, but one thing she did teach me was to be humble and be a good human being and help other people. And um, and for me, yes, you know, the, you know, when when you when you enter this world, you cry and the world rejoices. Um, live your life in a way that when you leave this world, uh, the world cries and you rejoice. And I think that a lot of us, unfortunately, we're living in a world where we, you know, we 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 we're, we're surrounded by people who are unfortunately not living their best life. They're they're living their lives according to other people. Um, they're working in jobs they don't like. Um, they 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 they're in relationships that they're not with them, don't don't light them up. There's lots of things that, that, that we could do to just live our best lives. And sadly, if, if you get to your deathbed and you're about to check out, it's too late then. Like, you, you, it literally is. So I often say to people, look, just ask yourself this question. If you were given 24 hours to live right now, could you honestly say you've lived? And if the answer is no, what are you doing? Do, do something different. Because tomorrow's promise to no one. I mean, look, we're living in a world where someone went to bed last night with the best intentions of waking up this morning and didn't. We did. Every day is a freaking blessing, man. Like you wake up in the morning, you're good. I don't care what challenging you're go going through or what problems you're going through, you're good. If you've opened your eyes, say thank you, get up and face the day, whatever it's gonna, it's gonna bring, but just, just strive for greatness every single day. I love that sort of thinking. And you're quite a forward thinker as well because you keep on ask, answering questions I'm about to ask. Because my question <laughs> is going to be, uh, what, is the, what is the one thing you'd recommend to anyone who wants to sort of change their journey and become more like you or head in your direction? And obviously, you've just answered that. Do something different. Make that change, which is, which yeah. is great. Yeah. So, so what's next for you then? Obviously, you, you're living this great life at the moment. All these speeches, you've got to go off and do a speech on stage straight after this. What, yeah. What's next for you then? What, what's your next goal? Do, do you know what? Um... It's, it's interesting. I mean, um, I used to say world domination, but uh, <laughs> but no. Um, I, I've li literally just before jumping on uh, with, with you, I, I just had a, a, a call with my agent. So uh, some of you might know, some of your listeners may, may know, I was actually on a TV show, Rich House, Poor House, uh, on Channel 5 here in the UK, uh, twice actually on the show. And um, uh, as a result of that, the producers wanted me to go off and do more TV work. And I never, I never really, really looked at it like this, other than after the show, um, the, the, the impact it had in the sense that, you know, it's not so much how many followers I got and all this jazz, but, you know, the, the first episode got like over 3 million views. And that's 3 million people who heard my message, um, who heard what I was saying, who, who, who watched me, you know, coach and mentor the lady whose house I swapped with and, and has helped her now, you know, start her own business and turn her life around. Um, and it got me thinking that, you know what, yes, I speak on stages all over the world to share my message and hopefully help people. Yes, I'm on social media and I've got tens of thousands, if not millions of views on videos and all that kind of stuff. But nothing beats mainstream TV, like nothing, like literally. So 
um, the producers approached me and said, look, would you want, do you want to do more TV? We're going to set you up an agent. So I've got an agent now. Um, I've got an audition, uh, say audition, but uh, a meeting with Channel 4 uh, coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, and we're, we're just going to see where it goes. And, and I think in terms of what's my next move, um, whilst I'm not planning on, you know, being, uh, uh, you know, the, the biggest media per TV personality out there, I, I just I just see media as another way for me to, to get my message out there um, to, to be able to help more people, you know, and that's essentially what, what I'm doing. That's, that's my mission. You know, um, that, that's all I want to do. I, I literally want to create this wave uh, and ripple effect, but it's not about me. I just want people to understand who's listening. It's not about me. Yes. Obviously helping others gives me a deeper sense of meaning and significance and importance. Of course, I think all of us want to feel important, but it's the ripple effect. I can't do it on my own. If I pour into you, if I pour into somebody else, Hopefully they'll pour that into somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And that's how we create change. It's not about me. Um, I can't do it on my own. You know, I, I run a Facebook group called Billion Lives Changed, which I launched during lockdown, you know, uh, in the UK, like right at the beginning of lockdown, March 2020. I just knew people were going to struggle. And the, the one thing you've got to understand is when when everything when you, when you feel like you're losing everything else, losing money, losing your job, losing your house, losing your relationship. One thing you should never lose is your mind. Do not lose your mind because that will just take you out of the game. So I thought, what could I do? I'll just use my background in psychiatric nursing, my background in NLP, hypnotherapy, timeline therapy to help people. And I've been going live in that group every single morning uh, for 15 minutes with motivation, inspiration, tips on how to handle depression, anxiety, stress, worry, um, how to better your life, how to do better things. And uh, it's just grown. It's grown from like 100 people to over 7,000 people now um who tune in and stuff and things like that and and i don't charge for that that's just you know me but i also understand i can't do it on my own so by pouring into these people in the group they go off and pour into their families and their kids like we've got children who've like whose lives have changed just because i poured something into them so it's the ripple effect man you know that, that i suppose that's that I, I when I, I joke about world domination but when i say world domination as in is in helping everyone around the world get better equipped have better resources because we can't keep pointing fingers at people. We can't keep blaming the economy, blaming the government, blaming everyone. Um, you know, that, that puts us into a self sense of helplessness. If we take responsibility, it puts us back in the driving seat and, and now we can start to take, take, you know, take uh, charge of our own lives. So I just want to help people have better resources. That's, that's my next step. I think that's a fantastic way to live your life and, and use your sort of money and stature in such a fantastic way. It's really nice to hear. So thank you. With all that in mind, then everything you're doing, um, all the people you're helping, I'm going to ask you a question. Now, and even though we're a school, we like honesty. So if, if it's if it didn't, do say. But do you believe your school education helped you to become the success you are now? Um, honestly, um, I think basic education, obviously literacy, maths, things like that. Um, I don't think it. I don't think the entire system helped me because I think it it, it teaches uh, dependence rather than independence. Uh, and what I mean by that is it teaches you to get a good education and go and work for somebody else. Um, not it doesn't teach you to work for yourself um, or be the person who employs others. Um, and it's not just about um, you know learning skills such as you know maths, English, you know, and things like that, but but life, life skills, I, I think, I, I think are missing in, in school. You know, how do you deal with stress? How do you deal with anxiety? And most children growing up model their parents on how they deal with stress. So they don't talk about that in school. They don't talk about money management in school. Like most, most people get out of university and are in debt 
you know like it's they don't teach any of this stuff so so yes partly i think it's uh, you know it's contributed clearly because we all need a basic education of course however is it our number one reason i don't think so but one thing i did benefit from in school is experience you know i experienced pain i experienced hardship i experienced bullying i experienced you know um people being mean um and and i think you know for you to experience pleasure you have to experience pain for you to experience happiness you have to experience unhappiness so so all of those things that happened to me in school you know for me have have shaped me because um it made me not want to have other people suffer um it's made me not want to see other people go through pain and hardship because i've been through it myself you know so so yeah i'd say i'd say partly from an education perspective yes uh, but a lot of the experiences i went through in a schooling system have, have helped me to become who i am today nice and that's such a good message to send out to anyone who's going through a hard time at school right now just just sort of ride the wave and learn from it um, that's really really nice 100%. So, so you mentioned a few things there what do you think is the one big thing that you should that should be taught in schools in your personal opinion then personal development mindset working on yourself um you know be more resourceful like like people people need to understand this I, I was actually interviewed recently and and somebody said to me what's the one thing you would tell business owners what's the biggest strategy you can give business owners to make money right now blah 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 and and it's not a strategy it, it, it's not about this is how you do this and you'll make money it's not that the, the number one tip i gave to, to everybody was was be the guardian of your mind and unfortunately as an adult we're carrying all of this stuff from childhood that we didn't quite understand right then but now we're processing it as an adult you see like for example we all have memories growing up of things that we that bad things that might have happened to us like bullying or abuse or something happened to us when we were growing up and as a child you you're not quite sure why that happened you can't you're trying to seek meaning but you don't know because you're a child so the memory of that as you get older changes and what do i mean by that is when i look back at something now as an adult that happened to me when i was a kid i'm putting that through the filters of an adult not a kid so my memory of that is wrong it's 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 based on emotion now like going, oh my god did that really happen to me oh how why did they do that I'm, I'm talking like an adult now so the memory is wrong but that memory because it's been amplified by my emotions now affects my future so so it, 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 there's a saying in life he, he, heal the boy you'll heal the man and and i think if we can rather than try and heal the inner child in us as adults if we can go back to to that that place like primary intervention not tertiary if we can go to primary intervention and teach in schools how to to you know to deal with stress how to deal with anxiety how to manage your money how to deal with your emotions how to process your emotions how to work on yourself how to be more resilient more resourceful how to stop pointing fingers at people how to take responsibility you know i, I think we, we wouldn't have half the problems we have right now you know and and they are our next generation we've, we've got to be you know we've got to be mindful of that and it, it worries me sometimes when i see some of these teenagers on the street now and like they're just drinking smashing stuff up doing i don't know and they're just misguided and i'm thinking gosh is this the future of britain like what the hell's going on you know and it's um it's sad but it's not they're not to blame you know they're not to blame it's you know it's how they've been raised and the resources that they were given when they were when they were a child you know so i think looking back on it knowing what we know now um i you know i and I'd never say never um I, I'd, I'd love to be a catalyst of change in that but i'd, I'd love to see uh, and i'd love to pioneer perhaps you know um sharing this stuff in schools and, and and getting more schools on board with it and make it mandatory that they learn these things 
But I'm really glad you said that because that's what we do here. A couple of hours a week, our students have one-to-one -one sessions and group sessions where we do talk about our mental health and what they can do to change that. So regular exercise, their diet, and the positive motivation of speaking. Now, if you want mm. to come on board with that with us, I mean, we're more than happy to talk with you um, even more than that because we currently have a teacher doing it, but we won't say no if you wanted to come and help <laughs> shape that. A uh, by all means, um, Danny, does anything, is there anything I can contribute to your mission and what you guys are doing? You know, so I don't want paying. I don't want any of that jazz. If there's anything I can do uh, to support, you know, what, what you guys are doing, you know, because it, it's something that I believe de deeply in, then, then by all means, yes, I'd, I'd love to contribute and help in any way I can. Oh, fantastic. I will reach out to you after this. Um, now, yes, I could speak to you for ages. You, you're, you're, <laughs> I don't know if you know, I've just been smiling the whole time. It's a constant <laughs> positive attitude, but you have told me, obviously, you've, you've got to run for um, you're, you're on stage soon. So I'm going to move on to our final two questions that I ask everyone. Sure. The sure. first one being, what is your fondest memory from your days at school? It's interesting. Because uh, again, as an adult, you look back and you start to reflect like, well, you know, when I was growing up, what made me happy? What, you know, what, what did make me happy? And being that kid who was bullied and, and all that kind of stuff or wherever it might be, you, you, you obviously seek happiness and fulfillment in other ways. And, um, you know, for me, one of my fondest memories growing up was actually seven years old. Uh, I remember going to school, giving, uh, seeing a boy, there was a boy there who had, um, he, he was one of those outcasted kids. He was like disheveled. No one spoke to him. And, you know, he always played on his own and no one really spoke to him. And I still don't know till this day how it happened. But this kid used to come to school with no food, um, no sandwiches, no nothing. And I don't know how, how did it even happen. I don't know how he didn't get school dinners. I don't know what happened. But um, my mum always used to give me packed lunch. So I remember at seven years old, seeing him with no food and giving him my sandwiches every day. And... Um, because I knew I'd get fed when I went home. Like we didn't have a lot, but I knew I'd never never run out of food. We always had food in, in, in the house. And so I used to go home hungry, but not say anything to mum because I was worried I'd get in trouble for giving away my food. So I did this for a few weeks until I, I couldn't take it anymore. I went home one day and I said to mum, I'm starving. She said, What happened to your lunch? You know, um, you know, because I didn't tell her, I thought I'd get in trouble. Um, and I told her what I was doing, and, and I did get in trouble, but for the wrong reasons. I got in trouble for not telling her sooner. <laughs> um, because she, she started sending double sandwiches every day, you know. And um you know what what makes a seven-year-old do that and, and and when i look back at it, it it it's fulfillment of helping somebody else you know um and and i think that's that's been in me ever since so so it is one of my fondest memories to date um because i'm processing it as an adult and i'm really wow like like that was my, that like i was going through crap at school but in that moment of help, helping somebody else i didn't feel pain anymore and I think we can all learn from that is that like if you're feeling down right now go and help someone less fortunate than you like go and go and feed someone on the street a it will make you grounded and humble and think you know what if I haven't got half the problems this person's got uh, and b it will just light you up it will just release like chemically it releases oxytocin in your body it's a feel feel good hormone it'll, it'll feel great so um so I remember doing that and that, I, I honestly to date that's my fondest memory growing up oh what a fantastic memory and then our last question, maybe the most important question. If you could pass on one bit of advice to any student, whether they're just starting in school or ready to leave, what would that one piece of advice be? Don't feel obliged to, to do what everybody else tells you to. Now, clearly, listen to your parents, listen to your teachers, of course. I'm not trying to say be a rebel. What, what I'm saying is, is, 
is don't feel like you like the pressure of having to conform to the normal way of doing things like the normal way of doing things is go to school get an education get a get get a levels pass your gcses get a levels go to university get a degree and then go and work then you've got to get married at this age and then you've got to have a house by this age and you must have kids by this age and you must do look most people haven't figured their stuff out till they're 50 warren buffett didn't figure his stuff out till he, was, he didn't become a billionaire till he was in his 50s like why do we need to have this pressure of this timeline and and i think all I would say is, is, is live your life. Um, my biggest tip on, on happiness is if it doesn't make you happy, stop it, plain and simple. It's, it's, it, that, that's it. Let's, let's not complicate it. Um, so so don't, don't feel pressure. Um, do what feels right for you. Um, you have a voice. Um, you know, you talk things through, communicate your needs, tell people what you want, what you don't want, what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy. Know your values. And most importantly, when you go off into this big, bad world, know your self-worth because people will try and um, trample all over you. People will try and uh, put you down. People will try and put their needs before them. And look, they're not doing anything bad. They're just trying to meet their own needs. But you need to know your needs. You need to know your values, know your standards, know what you're willing to accept, what you're not willing to accept, and just go out there and live your best life because you only get one shot at it. Brilliant. Perfect advice. Right, before we let you go, if anyone wants to follow you on social media, join any of the groups, or just see generally what you're up to, where can they find you? Brilliant, yeah, so so best place probably to follow me is uh, on Instagram, at jessandjames underscore official. Uh, if you go to at jessandjames underscore official, you'll find me on Instagram. Um, and and in, in terms of somewhere, if you want to if you want to get more advice, tips, strategies, for free, you know, nothing to pay or anything like that. Um, like I said, I've got a private Facebook community called billion lives changed if you search for that on facebook you, you'll see it billion lives changed uh, and you'll see like hundreds of videos in there of me uh, previous videos uh, with tips on motivation you know stress management how to how to manage yourself how to you know improve your income your finances all that kind of stuff uh, but also we've got an incredible community there that support each other through through hard times you know and uh, it's it's uh, it's definitely a place for you to hang out if you just want to be around like-minded people who inspire you every day brilliant well, thank you so much. I felt like we could have talked for hours. <laughs> Pleasure. Maybe I'll come back again. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we'd, we'd love it. And we look forward to working with you again um, soon. But um, thank you so much for your time today. And um, yes, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for watching our podcast today. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss out on the new ones we post every Monday and Wednesday. If you are interested in enrolling yourself, or someone else into the British Online School, be sure to visit our website, britishonlineschool.co.uk, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and send us a direct message there as well. Just use the handle at britonlineschool, spelled S-C-H, and you can find all our links below. Have a fantastic day, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.